Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast with long-form stories and discussion on topics that are centered on the weather, climate, and other aspects of science and how those things mesh with our daily lives. I'm your host, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore, and I welcome you to this 14th episode of our winter series of programs that focus on the coldest time of the year in the United States and how to weatherproof your life with the help of experts from here at AccuWeather and around the world. As this podcast drops, we are less than 10 days from the spring equinox, but much of the country especially in the middle and eastern two-thirds of the nation, has had some really enjoyable early spring weather this past week. But while we have arrived at the time change weekend, the weekend where we spring forward on the clocks, many folks in the Great Lakes and the Northeast will see temperatures fall back a bunch this weekend and early next week. At the end of our podcast, AccuWeather meteorologist Brandon Buckingham will join me Not only will we talk about that huge temp flip for some, but we'll also have some words about a huge storm that will dump a couple of feet of snow in the Intermountain West and moving into the plains this weekend with some severe weather, another storm into the West Coast, and again, that temperature change in the Northeast. But today and in this episode of the podcast, in our first Rays of Focus segment, I'd like to kind of take a tour from West to East going to make a first stop in the bay area with abc7 meteorologist drew tuma then we'll head into the middle of the country tracy butler has been working with wls for decades uh, an amazing broadcaster and meteorologist and then we'll head east to an old friend adam joseph from 6abc wpbi in philadelphia and he'll give us a recap on the winter situation as we uh, take a tour from west to east and recap winter in our final episode of Winter Here on Everything Under the Sun. So first up, we start in San Francisco and the Bay Area, and we welcome in Drew Tuma, who, and this is really awesome because a couple of things. Drew is a 2010 graduate of the Pennsylvania State University, which I happen to be a proud graduate of and uh, pretty involved in some things there. And uh, Drew, it's uh, great to talk to you in that capacity. And uh, certainly as we take this tour across the country, we're really uh, very happy to talk with all of our great partners with our ABC owned and operated stations. And and certainly uh, the folks out there in the Bay Area have been with AccuWeather KGO for mm-hmm. such a long time. And uh, Drew, welcome to the program. Um, uh, what's it been like for somebody who grew up? I know you grew up uh, kind of just uh, outside of the uh, Philadelphia area in southeastern Pennsylvania. What's it kind of been like uh, to take that situation in Penn State and then end up out in the Bay Area? It's a whole different lifestyle, right? You know, it really is. Thanks for having me. I mean, I moved out here going on more than seven years. So I was here in 2014 when we were right in the middle of the worst drought California has experienced. 
So we would go, I mean, months, if not full years with little to no rainfall. And me just entering California, I had to rely on my team of meteorologists and saying like, what is this like? And they're like, this is anything but normal. This is so bizarre. I mean, we went like January or February, which is typically some of our wettest months without seeing a single storm. And it was just eye-opening for me, but also people have lived here for decades. Um, so that was, that was a weird way to start your career in California is just like sunshine and you're in the middle of the worst drought. And how do you relay information to your viewers about what's going to happen next down the road in a week in a year. So that was one of the most fascinating things. Coming I can kind of, I can kind of understand that because I'm fortunate that I uh, I'm on stations in New York city, 10, 10 mm-hmm. winds and, and then throughout and about westward to Chicago and St. Louis. So I'm kind of living here in state college within the area that I'm mainly forecasting for as a Pennsylvania boy who went out West. Is it a little bit different to get in that Western mode of forecasting versus? Yeah. Yeah. It took me, I would say a couple of years, you know, being on the East coast, you know, it rains, there's thunderstorms and people don't bat an eye here. I think the thing that was most eye-opening for me is that we broke into programming to track a storm that was a hundred miles away. And the reason why we did that was it was going to be one of our first big storms since the drought began. And I think that was when I was like, wow, this is radically different because there would be times where on the East coast, when I worked in DC, uh, we could have a tornado on the ground. And if it wasn't through like the Metro, we wouldn't right, even like Right, right, right. You know, they didn't, and they'd they like, yeah, just, just run across. They didn't want to break <laughs> into that programming, right? And so they're yeah. right. Yeah. And so the sensibilities in the East are different. The sensibilities in yeah. the middle of the country with Tornado Alley are much different. And you're right. I mean, I uh, was uh, on a radio station in, in Los Angeles and when, when they have weather, they really ramp up and they want a lot of information. Yeah. But yeah. what they really hope for is just a general run of the mill day. That's oh, kind of yeah. why you moved to California, right? Oh, you want yeah. a lot and, of that. And people, they, they love and hate rain, right? Like they hate that it's going to ruin their day, but they love that, you know, it could potentially help down their water uh, bill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It'll help them go to the mountains and enjoy snow. It'll help them in the fall and potentially having uh, not as bad of a fire season. So we have this love hate relationship with it. And, um, it is kind of true that when it rains, you know, things kind of come to a standstill. People are kind of in awe of the rain. People drive a little bit slower. Um, it's really fun to see. I think people really enjoy just when it rains. I really do think they do. And that's quite different than on the East coast where people are like, go about their lives when they're in the midst of like lightning and thunder. (laughs) Right. And especially you would see the way people dress to just walk around New York city in this uh, heavy thunderstorm and rain Mm -hmm. situation or a a windy raw, uh, nor'easter kind of rain and (laughs) people in Southern Cal would be, eh, you know, but anyway, uh, let's, let's just characterize your winter. I mean, we knew that Mm -hmm. you guys would be active because we were going into the La Nina pattern, um, you know, it's it's been in fits and starts, but when it's been bad, it's been yeah. bad. And, you know, as we record mm-hmm. this midweek, uh, getting uh, ready for this podcast to drop this Friday, um, there's a storminess going on. It's a little busy right now. So uh, that 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 storminess continues out there. It does. In California, our weather pattern, it's always kind of feast or famine. You kind of get either a lot of something or you get a little of something. So we've been in 
kind of the mode of not getting enough. It's been kind of a season where we're not getting enough rainfall. So when we do get storms, and particularly when we enter kind of March and April, and we kind of have that battle between, you know, cold areas of low pressure and a higher sun angle, giving us that nice daytime heating, we tend to get those storms that produce hail. And that's what we're seeing right now, which is, you know, always fun to capture with your camera, hail on covering highways. We've seen kids actually take their snowboards out and snowboard <laughs> on the hail, um, which wow. is super, which is super, which is, I mean, amazing. I think, I think kids are just having as much fun as they can when the storms come through. Um, but what we're really watching, I mean, last year we had a really lackluster winter. It's happening again this year. Um, and we're in moderate to extreme drought again in parts of the Bay Area. And our worst areas are where we tend to have our worst wildfires. So I think right. people are, again, uh, on edge a little bit where we Dreading. are entering there's another a, a summer dread, and fall. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. There's yeah. another. And what was fascinating is even this winter, we were getting offshore wind events, which typically we don't really see in the winter time. No, totally um, opposite of normal. You're right, almost like monsoon yeah. kind of situation for, uh, yeah. for the for the for the uh, Southland and then up to the Bay mm-hmm. Area there. Yeah, so I think people are just you know kind of uh, cautiously waiting to see what is waiting for us in the summer and in the fall. And I guess that plays hand in hand is uh, we're going to also talk here in these uh, three segments as we go across. Uh, again, we're speaking with uh, Drew Tuma from ABC7, the Bay Area ABC owned and operated station that we are proud partners with here at AccuWeather KGO TV. And uh, we're going to be then talking uh, in Chicago to Tracy Butler and Adam Joseph from WPVI, mm-hmm. uh, six ABCs coming up as well. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, I guess, that dread and what may be coming in terms of the fire season and also, you know, because uh, quite frankly, California has been one of the most locked down states in terms of mm-hmm. restrictions from about a year ago all the way through. And so I guess, is that growing, too, in the Bay Area in terms of the frustration? Um, how, do, how does it you know, for me, I think the weather has become mm-hmm. more important to people to get those times when they can mm-hmm. be outside and be uh, out and socially distance and still get some fresh air and, and feel good and not be locked away. So are those things that you're feeling, Drew, as, as you get here as a year into COVID? Yeah, I think two things. People always ask me what it's like out in the Bay Area. Um, I mean, we were one, uh, San Francisco was one of the first cities to, I mean, just truly almost shut down back in March of 2020. Um, and since then, little has changed. I mean, we right. are just starting to open up. We just started to open our gyms at like 10% capacity. You can just begin to dine inside if you want. So for the most part, I think everyone in the Bay Area is kind of has been on the same page. There's really been no pushback. I think people really understand the severity of what we're going through. So you're right. Those times when people can go outside have become so important. Before COVID, it was all about, you know, people waking up at 4 and 5 a.m. and getting their commute underway. Now things have shifted where people are waking up past 7 a.m. So the morning isn't really as crucial to someone's day. And now what is more important is what are those times, either later in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening where I can go outside, I get my exercise in because people truly, one of the best things about the Bay Area is 
you come here for all the outdoor activities. You have the mountains, you have the beaches, you can hike, you can bike, you can surf, you can swim. And, um, and it, the fact that uh, it's fairly uniform in temperature, you don't mm-hmm. have as many wild temperature swings as other places yep. in the country do. You have your share of bad weather, but, sure. uh, but there are a lot better times in the Bay Area mm-hmm. uh, than, than there are in other places out east, especially mm-hmm. during the winter. So yeah, I think you're yep. exactly right. And yeah, that, that outdoor time gets to be almost treasured so much that people want yep. to, to to maximize every bit. So you're right. And that, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that as we go through these three visits too, about the different, and, and I've seen it and heard it better where I'm on the radio in Chicago and New York, how the commute is different, but that's amazing. I, I know people used to wake yeah. up at four or five in the morning to get to their 9am mm-hmm. job. Now you're saying that they don't have to 738, uh, right. And crawl out of bed and just yeah. go right to, to work. I mean, we have, we have, people who live in Sacramento, which is basically in the Central Valley, and would commute to the Bay Area. And we called them super commuters. And they would get up at 4 a.m. and their commute would be hours long to get to work. And now that's just been completely erased. You know, everyone's working from home. So the, I mean, thankfully, people can sleep in. And and people, you're right, people treasure that that hour or two that they can get outside, get a break from their four walls of their house and, you know, just breathe a little bit. And I think what has become more important is air quality. I mean, that has just become yes. something, I mean, really over the past year, right? Cause people are at home. So they are monitoring things more. And I think they realize, especially when our fires came in last year and in September, when the entire Bay area sky was like orange, that was just like apocalyptic. Right. People are so cognizant now of, PM 2.5 levels, which I learned in college. And I thought, what <laughs> is particular matter, like, matter. Good yeah, luck. Right, I'm like, exactly. yeah, okay, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, but now, you know. I, it's one of the best side effects from this is that people now understand so well in the Bay Area, particulate matter, what it means, what the different right. levels mean, and they want that information. And I think that's fantastic that we're just broadening people's sense of what it means to be healthy outside. It's not just, is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? But what's the air quality going to be like? And I just think people really want to know all these new facts and information. So certainly, uh, yeah, we were seeing the transformation of how this has affected our economy, the way we live, and now certainly mm-hmm. the, the kind of information and weather that we want and want to digest. Drew, um, yeah. it's been great spending some time with you. I know you're busy and, and got to get going, but uh, my friend, uh, next time you come back east, we want you to visit Penn State and AccuWeather, and we'll be happy to see you and look forward to working with you and all the team there out at KGO uh, and the Bay Area on uh, on ABC7. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So next up on our tour, we stop in the middle of the country, the heartland, the windy city where I get to spend mornings on WBBM News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. I got to get all those outros in my head, right? And uh, we are now going to visit with uh, Tracy Butler, who's uh, been the longtime morning meteorologist on WLS uh, Channel 7 in Chicago. And WLS has been a long, proud AccuWeather partner, and it's been uh, great to have that partnership. And Tracy, it's great to welcome you into this program because... A lot of things that you and I have in common. One, well, first of all, you went to school at IUP. I did. Uh, I'm a Penn State person, but we know IUP very well. Great broadcasting program. And then you, like I did, uh, made yourselves uh, work through the Mississippi State Broadcasting Meteorology Program 
And my goodness, young lady, you've uh, done it all in radio and television. And it's really great to have you with us here this morning. I'm so thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. You know, in TV, everything is so quick and moving so fast and you you don't get a lot of time to just sit back and have a conversation uh, with folks. So this is wonderful. I have great forum. We were talking about this a little bit off mic, but I, I always like to say this stuff. So you go back to working in media. You worked with KDKA, another one of our great radio partners, right? In radio back in the day. Oh, my goodness. I sure did. I From IUP, I got an internship at KDK Radio. And so I worked with some longtime um, John Cigna mm-hmm. and, you know, guys like Fred that. Hansberger. Fred Hansberger. Yes. Yeah. Who grew up in State College. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. Yeah. So that. And, I, and I got to be friends with Fred because he and I sat together in the press box at Penn State football games a bunch. I've gone on to become the PA announcer for Penn State football. I've done that for over 20 years now. So so you did the Mississippi State. When did you finish Mississippi State? About 2001? Is that I right? did. Yes, okay. exactly. 2001. Um, so I'm trying to th- remember how long ago I did it. So what this is 2021. I guess it was a little bit after that. So I did. I was actually in the class with Jeff Rizzilla, who. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. yes. You know, it's great to have these friendships through meteorology and broadcasting. And uh, it's, it's really great to talk to you today. Uh, what we're trying to do on this tour around the country is just kind of get a sense of where uh, we are now coming through a winter. And I know oh so well what an amazing winter Chicago had because the first two months of it, it felt like spring. I mean, temperatures were five, six degrees above average through the first two thirds of this winter and then boom it flipped like a switch and instant winter instant blizzard instant two feet of snow on the ground tracy it was crazy right it was crazy and the thing was you know it, 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 I'm, I loved golf. I'm a golfer. And, you know, I was hearing folks saying, hey, you're going to get out in the course. It's only December. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, people were golfing November. I mean, we had so many 70 degree days uh, in November. In fact, that's the last, November 10th, the last occurrence of a 70 degree day here in Chicago. But yes, we were in a snow drought and everybody was saying, what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, then last week of January, here we go. And we line up, you know, 20 plus inches of snow. And really within about a three, four week time period, we ended up with basically over 40 inches of snow uh, within just such a short time. And then, you know, had we ended February in the middle of the month, it would have ended up being the coldest February on record. But of course, we got that warm up and that upswing and we ended up with the 20th coldest February on record. It's not as exciting, but still just, and and we talk about that. I have a friend, uh, Joe Lundberg that we, we really, uh, he helps write and, and helps prepare the forecast for WLS in the morning. And we talk about this to think about when you are six degrees above average for two thirds of the winter. And then at the end of the winter period, you only end up just a a bit uh, less than a degree above average. Just have think how cold. And, And then the other amazing thing is just how, that cold just kept dropping down. And especially that last piece towards the middle and end of February was just amazingly cold for uh, probably the coldest you felt there, I would think in the Windy City. Well, yeah, in February, because, you know, we didn't even get any temperatures below zero around here until we hit February. And then we had three of them. You know, usually we're talking about 
you know, the potential of a white Christmas and, sure. and just, you know, Christmas day here in 2020 was really probably one of the coldest we had in um, December, 2020, but even still it wasn't anything real extreme. And we didn't really get those extremes until we got into February. And then those amazing to me, Tracy is just how quickly it exited. And it was like, it almost, it almost like, where did it go? And is it's, it's been trying to push back a little bit here in these last couple of weeks uh but here we are set a record at o'hare yesterday as we're recording this on uh, wednesday we set a record on tuesday we're awfully close on wednesday and so look at this but it looks like we're paying a little toll for this one i spoke with that with the you know we we know tolls around the chicagoland area and it looks (laughs) like uh the price is on an extended period of some chillier weather here coming ahead in the next couple of weeks Absolutely. One thing we're watching today maybe is a record high low temperature. You know, if we don't drop below 52 degrees today uh, before midnight, we could set another record of sorts. Of course, the record high for today is 70 degrees. We could make a run at that if we get a little more sun. But, uh, you know, strong winds. And then, like you said, we're everybody says, when's the shoe going to drop? You know, and, and next week, as you all know, we are watching for a little bit more of a pattern change and a back to reality. And we all know more. March is such a fickle month in Chicago, and uh, that's what makes it meteorologically exciting, I suppose. It, it does, a little frustrating sometimes. And then, yes. you know, a lot of it this time of year, too, is just where the wind's coming from and how cold the lake is um, compared to the air temperature. And so, yeah, every day it's like you just got to make sure that you have everything lined up correctly um pat cassidy who's the morning anchor on wbbm sure. also loves golf too and yeah i know that i just going back i was actually still out digging and doing edging and stuff in january before this big <laughs> uh this uh snowpocalypse and then cold apocalypse hit us so um just one other thing before i let you go I, I, where are you do you think Uh, Because we're coming up on a year anniversary, at least for me, getting pushed back from the AccuWeather studios back into my home where I'm doing this now. I know, um, you know, most of the television stations have eased back into most people being uh, at the station. Um, Where are things at WLS right now? Where is Chicago? Is there a sense of hope now as we get towards spring and summer there in the Chicagoland area that the worst of the pandemic and those kinds of things are behind us? We we certainly hope that that is the case, and we certainly grieve for so many families who have lost loved ones through all of this. Um, I am still working in what I call the Butler Weather Cabin, which is also <laughs> the basement of my wait, house. Wait, that I, sounds very golf like, girl. That's a little <laughs> little masters there, the Butler yeah, Weather Cabin. I like that, right? Thank yeah, yes, I had to draw on that, but uh, yeah. So uh, March twenty third is the last time. I was in the station and in the city of Chicago. I have I have been in the Butler weather cabin, but not golfing um, uh, since then. And, you know, there are certainly signs of hope. And, and as we get into meteorological spring, it's kind of a season of hope as well. And so we do hope that the tide is turning. And yes, things are kind of trickling back slowly, but we certainly hope as more and more people get vaccinated, um, that more and more people get to see their loved ones. My whole entire family is back in Pittsburgh, and I haven't seen them since Christmas of 2019. Wow. Yeah. 
And it's just been extraordinarily difficult. I understand uh, my partner's family's from Puerto Rico and we haven't seen each other for a year and a half. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting to be that time for that kind of stuff. Uh, Just in terms of the, the, the sense I get is it's just so much different now in terms of the way it is in the mornings in Chicago, in terms of the commute, different places get busier now than they used to. Um, do you think we're ever going to get that normal back uh, surge back into the city as we go? Or is it going to take a while? Where, where are we on that? Do you think, Tracy? You know what? I think it, so many people and, and as we've monitored the traffic patterns and, mm-hmm. and they're starting to come back, certainly in the morning. But the question is going to be through all of this, how many companies are still going to find, you know what? Um, we're going to work with our employees and and we've found that we can make it work by allowing folks to work from home. And maybe they're seeing more in the way of productivity, less commuting, more productivity since they can, you know, have access to their work environment. Um, So it's a great question. And I'm sure there's going to be research done about these traffic patterns and such, but I can tell you, you know, our traffic folks are awfully busy. Our own Ross Bear. Oh, I know. I'm ours too on WBBM. It's a, yeah. Yep. And then one little thing in Chicago can make a big difference. Tracy, yes. we, uh, we certainly appreciate the time. We're going to have to do this again. How about we do this again in a, in a couple of months and we check in and say hi. Okay. I would love to, and let's get an update on on where everything is standing. So it's great to talk with you. I appreciate the time. All right, Tracy, have a good day. Thanks for joining us on Everything Under the Sun. And our last stop is the city of brotherly love. We go to Philadelphia on this tour from west to east, uh, getting a ramp up of winter with our good friend Adam Joseph from 6ABC WPVI in Philadelphia, a station that I grew up watching, Jim O'Brien, Give the weather forecast in the evenings. And then, of course, uh, Elliot Abrams on KYW in the, for my radio fix. And uh, certainly uh, a gentleman who I've gotten to get to know. And it's been great. And we've had already on Everything Under the Sun. It's been a while, though. We welcome yeah. in uh, meteorologist Adam Joseph. Adam, it's good to see you, my friend. Uh, so great to see you. And, on and this beautiful you. sunny day. I don't know when oh. this airs, but it is so beautiful out right well, now. Well, this podcast will drop on Friday, which will be the last day All of right. warmth as yes. we then head back into uh, late huh. winter and spring. So yeah. uh, it is that. But as we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon leading up to that, it is gorgeous. And it's only going to get warmer, it looks like, here over the next couple of days. Adam, it's been yeah. quite a winter. So um, I want to talk about some other things in the second half. I know things that we both love. But let's do a Philadelphia winter recap. And we were just talking with Tracy uh, from WLS uh, in the segment before, you know, they had all of their winter in the first three weeks of February. Uh, And and really, Philadelphia was and and the eastern seaboard was a lot in the same way, had actually a, a pretty decent storm. Early on in in December, we had a a pretty Christmas, right? Yeah, and then but then it warmed up. I mean, the last time before early this week that New York City had hit sixty was Christmas Day back in December, and so we had that warm up right after that storm, and there was no winter until Philadelphia and the East Coast got to uh, February, and just like 
everybody else here from uh, central part of the country to the east, it was almost like a three week winter, but it was pretty bad there for a while. Right. It was exhausting. You know, it, prior to going into winter, you were talking, you know, we were talking about the La Nina and our prediction was below average snow, above average temperatures. You know, so as we started November, you know, it was fairly mild and we we're like, OK, this is good. And then you go into December. Not bad. Then you got walled by that storm, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this one storm is going to blow my whole winter mm. snow forecast. Right, right. You know, but then that was it, you know, and then after that, everything flipped, as you know, and it was mild, it was quiet, there was nothing going on. We had a trace of snow, just about a trace in Philadelphia in January, mm. and that fell on the last day as we started that shift in the pattern going into the first of February. Uh, so January was so easy. I'm like, oh, this is smooth sailing. I was at home doing my forecasting. I've, I've pretty much been home again, broadcasting on air since before Thanksgiving, since the middle of November. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they, I'm only brought in at this point when there's bad weather or, you know, snow or storm. Surely. Right, right, right. And so I was brought into the December, but then all quiet January and then February hit and it was like one after another after another. Yeah, I think know. that it was exhausting. The word is exhausting mentally. mentally. And I know for people on the ground, they're going to say, oh, you're just you're a meteorologist. You know, yeah. it, it, it's because we, we do feel a sense of responsibility as meteorologists. And yeah. so uh, we always want to get it right. So we're obsessing over everything. And the problem was the details of these storms kept changing. You know, you'd see something ahead and you knew something was going to happen, but it looked like one kind of storm. And then two or three days later in the modeling, it would look different. The other yeah. thing was it was everything was strung out, Adam. Like how many two day storms did we have this year, which is not normal for us, right? We get a storm and then it's usually out and we're yeah. better and getting better quickly we had a lot of like here in state college i think there was one situation snowed almost 72 hours straight it was just amazing yeah yeah you know and, and not only was it exhausting it was exhausting for a few different reasons uh number one because it came you know there was a series and a sequence of these storms some of them strung out and then there was another one right behind it you know, the first one was a Miller B type of setup. The second was a Miller A setup right after another. So you have two different variables that are trying to merge these storms. So you're trying to figure out how do the pieces to the puzzle come together because they were two different beasts back to back, you know, as a part of it. But also, I, you know, I was forecasting on my days off. I was forecasting on my off hours for a couple of weeks straight. So mentally, right. I, th I think people don't understand as meteorologists. I mean, some days I need to like shut it off at noon when I'm yeah, done I and not pick though, it up. Like this but go you around, can't, you right? You can't because you got to keep up on it, especially as it was coming rapid fire right that. So yeah, I think people, you know, a lot of people with nine to five jobs, they can shut their nine to five job off. But I think there was that three or four week stretch where for all of us as meteorologists, uh, we felt a responsibility and, and a real necessity to keep up with it. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, you had to look at every piece of data that came in every time to see, to see, you know, what's consistent, what's not, what, you know, each of the models are showing. And then we're breaking down our area in Philadelphia. You know, this is a complicated area because you go, we're, we're forecasting for the Poconos, Lehigh Valley, Philadelphia, Delaware to the shore. And there was so much variability. And these storms were not snowstorms. Every single storm, right. you were talking rain, sleet, freezing rain, snow. So right. you had and, and you had a variety of conditions, a variety of impacts. And that was hard for me to try to tell people, you know, 
but you had to break it down like today's going to be slushy. Tomorrow will get slippery and icy as the day wears on because the temperature's dropping on the second half of the storm, you know, and yeah. and then and trying to let people know when most of the snow was coming because there were situations we get a hit at the beginning, then mm-hmm. a lull and then hit again. And so, uh, yeah, this, I think, uh, again, plays to something that I know you're amazing at. I want to get one take on this and then I want to talk about a couple of other quick things. Um, but. You know, I feel as someone who's in communications that the way we're communicating these storms has to change a little bit. We're so focused on numbers sometimes, and the number is sometimes the most uh, meaningless part of the forecast because one inch of snow in 10 degrees, 15 degrees is a lot icier and slipperier sometimes than five inches of snow in 30, 32, where it's mixing a little bit. And I think sometimes this is the thing where, and, and did you agree with that? Uh, that's just yeah. a set. Yeah. Talk no, about that. No, I, I, I do agree again, because these, you know, our wide range of elevation of where we forecast, you know, there's fluffy snow on one part, there's the sleety mixture in between, there's the heavy wet snow, you know, there's so many variables and trying to break it down for each of the viewers that are watching to say you're getting this, you're getting that, you know, is very complicated. And we do our very best to do that. And I'm a meteorologist who tries to, number one, in the series of storms that we had in the setup we had for a few weeks, I'm like, we've got to take one storm at a time, hour right. by hour. We right. cannot jump to the next one and talk about this. Right. Focus on the now, focus on what's going to come first, second, third, in a, in a sequence of series. And one of the storms I remember, we had 10 to 12 hours of sleet mm. after snow and yep. then went back to snow. You know, yeah. so it was that was that first one, I think. That was the Miller yes, B that was one. The yep. Miller yep. B storm. You know, <laughs> by so- the way, um, this Miller B is when there's a storm that cuts up into the Great Lakes, transfers mm-hmm. its energy to a coastal. Miller A is when the coastal swings around from the Gulf and up. There's actually an explanation on everything under the sun in a previous. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I took uh, one of our guys that we called the professor. His name's Brett Rossio, and we explained all that right as that was going. Yeah, um, yeah. want to want to jump into a couple things in limited time because we're all yeah. so busy. But I know you're a gardener, and oh, yeah. uh, I was talking to Tracy, and I was saying, you know, I was out here in Pennsylvania in State College, even into the middle of January. I was doing edging. I was yeah. doing some gardening things. I was right, and then. Yeah everything got really white and deep for a while here, but now it's all gone. And it's amazing what's coming up and bubbled up underneath spring wise. So uh, you can't fight the sun, the power of the sun. In other words, the, yes. the, the elevation, the sun the angle, height, right. The and yeah, the plants are going to want to come out and greet it. Uh, yep. We've gotten this warm up. Now we're going to go back and it's going to be chilly for a while. We're going to pay the toll on this a little bit. I said um, it's a little tease. This is a little like spring fling, yeah. a little teaser. But Dina, I got to tell you, speaking of gardening, I, yes, sir. I'm, looking, I'm sitting in my yard right now in mm-hmm. this sunshine and a short. Yeah, I can see this and it does look and, beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, you know, I, you know, no one's going to see this, but, you know, I, I can, I, I can turn my camera around. Yeah, please so, do. Look, I still I have oh, snow wow. all in my backyard. Still. You do. you, And that's probably, is that on a, uh, that's an east facing uh, slope yeah, there, it's, right? It's an east facing right. slope. I want to get out in the garden. I want to like turn up the soil and all that. But unfortunately, my property is still snow <laughs> covered. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? I want to get out here. So I'm, I'm going to trim the crepe myrtles tomorrow. So that's Oh, there my, you go. All yeah, right. That's well, that, that, that sounds good. Yeah, real quick, Adam. 
where do you think the Delaware Valley, Philadelphia area is now in the continuum of this as we look at how we uh, deal with COVID and, and everyday yeah. life? I get the feeling and from watching and listening to traffic and stuff in the region, there's starting to be more traffic. We're starting oh, yeah. to see more typical morning commutes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different movement, though. It's not all from out to in and in to out. It's all around, right? It's kind of around the edges and people are moving to do whatever they need to do. Is that a good way to people? Characterize people, yes, it? people here are doing what they need to do. You know, they we're they're very we're in a very smart region that knows where the mask is. Well, you protect, you can still get your things done. I can tell you, though, living in the suburbs of Philadelphia, that the SEPTA, SEPTAs are a train system. Yep. They're all empty. The parking lots are still empty Monday through Friday. So people are not using SEPTA to commute into the city just yet for public transportation. It is not back. Uh, the city is pretty much, you know, shut down only, 50, you know, 25 to 50 percent capacity for indoor dining. You know, it's pretty slow in this region with respect to opening things back up, but people are out doing their things. And when you see a day like this, you mm. see all the neighbors out, you see mm. people walking the streets, you know, mm. and whatnot. It gives so you some hope, right? It does, you know, and I am still home and we have not had any talks about me returning because Cecily Tynan and I work in very close quarters, you know, and not being vaccinated yet, you know, in the media group, we're in one C we're still in one a phase. Right. Um, you know, so well, you're, I'm still you're young and you're young enough to be in that phase and, and, yes. and, in, and in better shape to be in that well. phase than some of the rest of us. So I yeah. got my first vaccine shot on uh, Monday. So fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I, it came available and, and I qualified, so uh, it was time to do it. And, yep. uh, I, you know, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's going to be interesting, though, to see, uh, as as we've said in the past, just where the balance is between what is going to now be city life and, and yeah. metropolitan life. And, and, and Philadelphia was already a, an interesting balance in that. And it's going to see how that changes here in the next year. People or two. flooded into the city, you know, with the high rises and Maniunk was changing all of their mills into condos. Condos, yeah. Everyone wanted, you know, to go into the city. But now I can tell you that in the suburbs, you cannot even put a bit on a home without it going almost within the next couple of days and over asking price, you know, in the suburbs. I think, um, uh, I think that's repeated know, throughout the, the Northeast corridor. And yeah. Of and Dean, I also have to say that being home, um, you know, and ties with AccuWeather and all that, you know, we, we did not miss a beat with any of this. I was able to broadcast from home, get the information out, you know, as you know, you know, when you, you're at home, you know, you're still home. So you're yeah, home. this is uh, we were just talking about this. This is coming up on my one year anniversary. I got knocked Jeez. out of uh, early because my partner travels and AccuWeather was very cognizant very yeah. early on. It was like uh, March 12th, I think, or 13th. So we're coming mm-hmm. up on that. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, I enjoyed not having to get up in three o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Let me and guess, you're in to... shorts or sweats right now? Well, no, I'm 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 dressed. Oh, come on. Uh, I, but I it was nice, Adam, that I didn't have to get up and then try to risk my life yeah. driving through a blizzard to tell people not to risk their life. You know, well, and so I I, I slept. I, I slept great during these snowstorms. Oh my God. Even, even getting up an hour early to get more prepared, yeah. I wasn't a bad thing, right? I'm jealous of you because, Dean, being on air, like I my, know. our boss, the days that were nice and quiet, I was home. The days where it was 
sleeting and snowing and this, you got to drive into work and tell uh, everybody. There you go. You were in with the equipment in the studio. So, <laughs> so unfortunately, I was the opposite. Listen, my friend, it's great to catch up with you. Um, yeah, you, too, uh, you take care of yourself. Uh, we'll probably check in as we get closer to summer and see how the Jersey Shore and all that kind of stuff is going to. I'll be up. sitting exactly sound? where I am right now, and the pool will be open, and I'll have the kids jumping in the water in the background. How's that? <laughs> I don't think we'll mind that sound at all. My friend, have a great <laughs> right. day. You take care. Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. My only regret is we didn't have more time with all those three. If you'd like to get to know them better, um, Adam Joseph is on Twitter, 6ABC Adam Joseph. That's 6ABC Adam Joseph. Tracy also on Twitter, Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, Butler, ABC7. And Drew from uh, Bay Area, ABC. That's Drew, D-R-E-W, Tuma, T-U-M-A, ABC7. Those are their Twitter handles. And certainly you can follow them and their websites uh, as well. Uh, great uh, discussions with them. Hope to have them on the program again soon here as we roll into other seasons. Friends, we're going to take a look at uh, this past week where we got a real spring fling in a lot of the country. And we'll see a dip down into colder temperatures, especially in the Great Lakes in the Northeast. And big storms, middle of the country this weekend and another big storm coming into the west coast towards the end of the weekend early next week brandon buckingham accuweather meteorologist and ice fisherman and fellow disc golf player is up with me next to talk about that coming up after the break on everything under the sun from accuweather.com Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Gaining knowledge on terms like, what's a nor'easter? Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. Here in our final segment on everything under the sun, what we always typically do is take a look at the weather for the upcoming weekend and beyond. We also Take it as an opportunity to introduce some of the names and uh, voices that you can uh, read or hear on AccuWeather and AccuWeather.com. And we're going to do that today with uh, introducing somebody new to the Everything Under the Sun family. And that is uh, AccuWeather meteorologist Brandon Buckingham, who not only has a really alliterative name, but he's also... uh, a real we call him Grizzly Adams. That's his uh, his <laughs> nickname, because uh, Brandon, uh, welcome to the program. First, Brandon, you hail from Michigan. You are a Chippewa coming from uh, our friends up there in central Michigan, kind of like uh, right. The professor, Brett Rossio, same school, right? Uh, Brett went to uh, central Michigan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And, and yes, uh, yeah, Brett and I both uh, fellow Chippewas fire up. And uh, I mean, uh, the reason, Brandon, you love fishing. We've been able to finally get outside here in the Northeast a little bit with this nice warm up. Uh, It's been nice, but uh, it feels like in some ways we're living on borrowed time. Um, But, you know, coming from Michigan, how have you been thinking uh, the winters and stuff has been here in Pennsylvania? Have you been able to get to do all the things? Uh, I know Brandon has been enjoying some ice fishing. All in all, I mean, things are are pretty comparable uh, between here and, uh, you know, I, I hail from the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. Um, I know we, you know, tend to deal with a bit more in the way of uh, lake effect snow. But, um, you know, all in all, temperatures are, you know, pretty much pretty much the same. Um, a lot of 
fairly similar conditions uh, between the two locations. So, so it's been a pretty easy adjustment here moving out to uh, central Pennsylvania and, and getting used to the uh, lay of the land out here. Well, let's talk about this overall pattern. Now, we're, we're coming out of this really warm surge that uh, went in through the middle of the country. Now it's translating to the eastern seaboard for a couple of days. As we get into the upcoming week, especially uh, Great Lakes and Northeast has some wintry temperatures on the way. Not so much over the weekend. I think it's kind of a, a more of a subtle reduction. Uh, the weekend doesn't look as cold as it did a couple of days ago in some of those areas. But then that first couple of days of next week, colder air and goodness forbid, do we have some wintry precipitation to talk about in some <laughs> of those areas here as we get it early next week? I guess it's not out of the question, right? Right. Like, as you had said, we uh, kind of living on borrowed time here. We've uh, a lot of Midwesterners kind of joke. This is a this is the first of the fake springs fake that, we, spring, uh, yes. that we deal with. The, the first real taste of you know anything warmer than fifty degrees, and and you know we start shedding layers and heading outside as as often as we can. But but like you had said, uh, you know as we transition into this weekend, it'll be kind of a return back to to reality for for the middle of March. You know those cooler temperatures uh, filtering in, and again you you can't totally uh, count out a return of wintry precipitation as well. So when I look at the uh, weekend map here going forward, uh, you know, some things that uh, nothing major swings out at me along the eastern seaboard. Uh, we'll see some temperatures kind of, um, you know, chilling down a bit. I think the big action uh, this weekend and especially later on this weekend is a pretty potent storm. It's going to come into the uh, Pacific Northwest. I mean, the La Nina season certainly hasn't disappointed for the western part of the country. We talked about that in the first segment with Drew Tuma and how it's been stormy. They had the, when we recorded uh, midweek, they were having some hail and some thunderstorms around the Bay area, which was something that uh, kind of gets exciting. So another big area of low pressure set to come in the, to the Western coast here later in the weekend, early next week. Absolutely. Yeah. It looks, uh, I mean, this is quite an impressive storm. These, these slow moving, uh, as we refer to cut off low pressure systems um, that, that track through the Southwest. I mean, you know, that can result in, I mean, the full gamut of, of weather conditions across the southern and central tiers of the country. I mean, from thunderstorm activity to extremely heavy snowfall, um, all coming up here within the, uh, within the coming days. The storm that was coming in midweek that I was just talking about, that's not going to camp out. And so the big zone that we're really worried about this weekend, if you're in the Intermountain West, especially around Denver, some of those areas up into Wyoming, and certainly back uh, western parts of uh, Nebraska and South Dakota. My goodness, friends, uh, if you want to see some uh, spring snow, that's the time. And, and this is not out of the question. This is not something that uh, is, is, is kind of a flash in the pan. We see this a lot, especially in this pattern where we can get these big blizzardy, long-lasting scenarios in the Intermountain West in the uh, late winter, early spring. And this looks like a good one here with a couple of feet of snow, maybe two, three feet of snow in some of the elevations. You know, Denver does typically average, you know, just about a, a foot of snow during the month of March. It's one of their busiest months. You know, with this upcoming storm system, they could, you know, easily match or surpass that monthly average just in a span of, of a few days, depending on if, if everything lines up right. I mean, this could end up as a, a top five um, March snowstorm for the city itself. And so not only do we have the intense winter weather on that side of the storm, we have a rainy area where we're going to have to continue to watch some flooding because we've got things that are kind of conspiring against us. Repeated rounds of rain, places like uh, North Texas, Oklahoma, up to uh, place that I know well, uh, St. Louis uh, and KMOX, 
And then the other thing that we have is all of the snow that's been melting for the places that got bombed, like Chicago and stuff. All that snow is coming down river too. We kind of been all biding our time in terms of flooding there in the Midwest and especially along the, the river stem there, the Mississippi river stem. But again, with repeated rounds, rain could be, could be some issues uh, even into the rivers a bit. Uh, you know, I think we're talking about two, three, four inches of rain in some of those areas over the next several days, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I mean, from the central and Southern plains into the Midwest, the, the mid Mississippi Valley, it is, uh, with, with this slow moving system, just waves of rainfall embedded thunderstorms, um, will really be, uh, increasing that flood potential. And again, in, in mid-March too, the, the soil doesn't exactly have that capacity to hold all that moisture as the, as the temperatures are you know, still fairly low underground. So, so again, just another factor in this, in this flood threat that we're, we're going to be seeing unfold here in the early next week. And then we also have to worry about some strong to severe storms. Uh, Saturday, Saturday night, it looks like central Texas, western Oklahoma. And then that shifts eastward. I think even my friends in St. Louis may have to Watch out later Sunday, Sunday night as some of those uh, heavier and stronger thunderstorms get a little farther towards them. You know, we saw one thunderstorm as uh, I was uh, doing some stuff Thursday morning that came through St. Louis and it had enough gustiness to it that because the ground, like you said, is saturated at this time of year, especially places like St. Louis and upstream that had some snow and it's been melting um, the the you know, trees came down pretty easily in some 30, 40 mile per hour gusts, which we don't normally see. So if we're looking at a storm max of 80 mile per hour gusts in some of these storms as we go over the weekend, that could be an issue that we have to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, I mean, with these these springtime systems like this, it, uh, and especially with those saturated grounds, it can cause more damage than, than you may actually think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You may, it may be a little bit more than you, than you bargained for. So stay tuned on that as you go through the weekend. And then I guess the other interesting thing to me is how does this play out into next week? Quite a, uh, quite a weather roller coaster here coming up uh, through early next week. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out, how much energy is just kind of left within this storm system and, and just how cold the uh, temperatures are across the Great Lakes and Northeast to to kind of pinpoint the the magnitude of precipitation and the type of precipitation that we can see as this system kind of rolls eastward in the uh, Monday to Wednesday timeframe of next week. So again, the weather highlights here as you go into the weekend in the first part of next week, we've got this massive storm in the middle of the country, the snowpocalypse in the, the Denver Intermountain West and a lot of rain and even some thunderstorm problems in the middle of the country. Brandon, anything that you want to add here as we uh, get ready for this is our final episode of winter on this. We're going to kind of switch. <laughs> into the spring situation here. Just one final thing of note. I know you had kind of mentioned uh, I do spend plenty of time outdoors. I just wanted to kind of throw in this uh, kind of punchline. It's It may be best now if you still have ice on the lakes and on the ponds, it may be best now to avoid that ice as uh, <laughs> a lot of that is becoming unsafe <laughs> and opening up and getting ready for the spring. So We kept, we kept warning Brandon, stay off the ice now, stay <laughs> off the ice. My friend, it was good to talk to you. Thanks for being with us on Everything Under the Sun. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Friends, that'll do it for this week's episode. And that is a wrap on winter, at least the winter series here from 2021 into uh, the spring we go. And we're going to spring ahead with a great subject next week. One of our great friends, Dr. Liz Bentley and the folks from Armets, the Royal Meteorological Society, teaming up again with AccuWeather to present the 2021 
Weather Photographer of the Year contest, and we will detail that in our opening spring episode coming up next week. For executive producers Ken Prell and Andrew Robb and the hundreds of team members across the United States and around the world helping weatherproof your life, thanks again to our guests Tracy Butler, Drew Tuma, and Adam Joseph and Brandon, and myself, Dean DeVore, your host. So glad to be with you this week. Spring arrives next week on our podcast. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com.